talk to you this morning about tending our hearts and um, <coughs> this is not only born out of the word but it's born right out of my heart <coughs> and how that God has and for me has been checking my heart we know that God's a heart God right he is and uh, uh, so let's get some verses up there and just you know and to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are you are dead. Imagine that uh, they had a great history. But their present was in danger. This is the good news. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart. And that will be the, that will be the highlighted part there. To proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, you know that it, you don't have to wait any longer. It's not something that is to come. It's something that is. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. That verse or that phrase there, son, give me your heart. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witnesses and blasphemies. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has a clean heart, clean hands, and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Thank you so much. <clears throat> The disease of the inner man. That disease that affects every area of our personality. It affects our decision making. To have this disease is to, to miss the right way. It was Psalms 51 and 5 that tells us that all humans were, have been born with this bent, this predisposition toward what is not right. Verse 5 of 51 says, I was, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me.
The prophet Jeremiah talks about the unregenerate heart and describes some of that spiritual pollution that is there. It says the heart is deceitful, crooked, polluted, sly, insidious, slippery, above all things. And is exceedingly perverse and corrupt, severely and mortally sick. John Maxwell said this, Man has been able to conquer outer space, but has never been able to conquer the inner space of his heart. Oh. How many think the heart is a really important arena for God? See, God checks on what's going on in the heart. Man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. God wants to connect and correlate and Make a decision based upon what you're doing outwardly with what's going on inwardly. We need healthy hearts. Yes, we do. It plays such a vital role in our natural life and our spiritual life. No, I'm not a heart doctor naturally, but I know enough about it that that how the heart goes, how your health goes. It's that center that pumps the life flow. When it comes to spiritually, it's that place of affection and a headquarters. It's the metaphor of your inner life. We read that passage of Scripture where we said, you know, God asks us for our heart. The biblical Components of the heart are this. So we understand what we're talking about. It's your feelings and your emotions. It's your desires, your motivations, and your passions. It's your thoughts, your imaginations, and your intentions. It's your reasoning and perception. It is your attitude and your character. It is your will. It is there that the law of God is written. And it is there that the Holy Spirit is when we get saved. The function of the heart. It's responsible for everything that we do. It's the location of saving faith. It's where conviction of sin and repentance takes place. It is a spiritual hearing. 
It is a spiritual vision. The word of God is received into the heart. And our own words originate from the heart. My, think about it. That intangible, but yet from it flows all of life. Scripture lets us know that the mind is part of the heart. Matthew 9, 4 says, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Emotions. John chapter 16, verse 22. He speaks to his disciples. He says, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. Mind, the emotions, and also the conscience. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So the mind, the emotions, and our conscience all have representatives in a voice that comes to them and are all part of the heart. Your heart is the most important leadership tool that you have. It's the source of everything that we do. One, it's the starting place in point of our spiritual life. Jesus said, I will take out the heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. I believe it was Jeremiah that correlated both heart and spirit together. The heart, both naturally and spiritually, regulates the flow of life. The heart is mentioned 987 times in the Bible. And most of all of those refer to the spiritual aspect of the heart. There are 50 different kinds of hearts in the Bible. Woo! Let me just mention a few, not all 50 of them. There's the broken heart, there's the grieved heart, there's the discouraged heart, there's the proud heart, there's the wicked heart, there's the double heart, there's the soft heart, there's the pure heart, there's the wise heart, there's the bitter heart, there's the stony heart, there's the uncircumcised heart, there's the foolish and darkened heart, there's the evil heart, there's the deceitful heart. Hmm. A healthy heart is so important. Right, David? 
naturally and spiritually excuse me you probably don't know we have had our family but it's is is even more important your spiritual heart is than your natural heart and your natural heart is life and death and your spiritual heart is life and death healthy heart if your heart is healthy or unhealthy excuse me it threatens everything else it threatens your family threatens your friends threatens your career and it threatens your spiritual life we read that Humanity has a disease of the heart. And it's that heart disease is, the, is, is, is like the natural heart disease. It becomes the number one cause of health. cultivating a healthy heart and that's where I want to start is because that's what God's been doing with me. Without a healthy heart you will you will wander through life. And there's going to be all kinds of side issues and conditions, heart issues that can majorly affect what you receive and what you give out. Our society is plagued with emotional issues because hearts are unhealthy. Tending your heart. Pay attention the life that comes out of your heart. Well, pay attention will bring healing. Not only to ourselves, but to those that, that hear us. Your heart. How do you feel in your heart? What's the reason behind the decision that you make? Why do I say, can I make it simple? Why do I say the things that I say? Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I not say the things I say? And why do I not do the things that I do?
all comes right from the heart. Yeah. I've been paying attention to that. <laughs> I don't just want any kind of heart. I want a pure heart. A pure heart. What's inside? That makes us do what we do. The heart is, is affected dramatically. The heart can get, you know, sorrowful and the spirit of man becomes broken. Proverbs 15 and 13. heart is where it begins. The heart gets affected by life. You remember the disciples? After Jesus' crucifixion on the road to Emmaus. Jesus walks up alongside them and hears their conversation. And where's that conversation coming from? The mood of their heart. The effects that the circumstances or perceived circumstances have had on their heart. And that particular conversation, it says that we were hoping. Life can have devastating effects on the heart. I think sometimes that we can walk around, you know, Brokenhearted, and we don't even know that that's the reason why we do the things that we do, why we react the way we do. Walk around with a limp. Yeah, that taints. You know, our actions and our attitudes and, and our words. A disappointed heart. So let's follow the heart just in a few th dynamics right now. First of all, the broken heart. The broken heart happens when you didn't receive what you thought you should have. Yep. I, I Let me just be open with you today, you know what I mean? I've had some really good conversations from God to, with God because 
I don't think that I've received what I should have. I got to get my heart pure. Mm. And then when your heart gets broken, that was one of the first things Jesus said that he comes to do is to heal the brokenhearted. Broken heart can make you be indifferent. A broken heart can take away your willingness to sacrifice. A broken heart can take away your willingness to give. A broken heart, you know what I mean, can affect you so you're not willing to, you know, give grace and mercy. And when you have that broken heart, that makes room for a fearful heart. Fear begins to enter in, and insecurity is the land where fear loves to dwell. How many times did Jesus say, fear not, little flock? Do not fear. They're words to produce a healthy heart. So fear and brokenheartedness, they tag team together. And when it, that happens, okay, those unfulfilled expectations keep us from focusing, you know, on the forward and we're always focusing on the past. Fearful heart, a broken heart. Then after the fearful heart, if left there unchecked, then becomes the angry heart. That stress and pessimism begins to exhibit itself in anger. And what anger is really doing, it's coming to defend the brokenness. A natural defense mechanism. I am not going to get hurt again. I'm not going to be disappointed again. And I'm going to def defend it. And here's the thing, church. Very little anger has anything to do with your current situation or the subject that is present. It has way more to do with the past wound that has never really been healed. When I get disturbed with God, 
it's always because I think he missed it in the past. Now, I know you're stronger than me, and you know what I mean? You don't have these issues in life, you know what I mean? But I got to the point where I said, you know what? I, I just don't want any vision for the future. But you know, whenever you have vision, you are going to have disappointment. All that the present situation is doing is exasperating the old problems. It's opening the old wounds. And I'm not saying there can't be new wounds, but once the wound is healed, it's much more difficult to wound the heart. And what happens is that then when we're aware of this, we simply practice anger management. When in reality we need the divine doctor. Who can heal broken hearts. Now you will probably never or never had seen me express anger. But when God looked at it, he said, you know what? There's a root of it there. A little root. And so I practice anger management. And God says, you know, let's go ahead and let's get rid of it totally and completely. I don't want you walking with a limp. then connected to angry heart is then that hopeless heart. The hopeless heart is this. It's, it's when we begin to walk through life overcompensating for our brokenness. And we serve our fears every day. And it exhausts us. I'm just so tired. I'm exhausted. The spiritual battle. Battle, you know. You see, hope deferred causes the heart to be sick. At this point, then, your faith becomes weary. 
the promises of God, they just seem too far away. Breakthrough looks out like it's not even possible. And then the mind, which is part of the heart, becomes vulnerable to all the negative thoughts and everything that crosses the airwaves. And you bug me. Your little imperfections, they get my goat. And so that's, we begin to, to, oh, Lord, I know that's not right. I shouldn't feel that way. It's wrong for me to feel that way. <laughs> Leads to that hopelessness of heart. You know, and then comes the hard heart. A hard heart, hard heart is a heart that becomes calcified. It's lost its ability to, to believe and to be tender. We become dull of hearing. When the message of freedom is Give it, it doesn't compute. Now, this is the depth of it. It's not the, you know what I mean, the beginning of it. I didn't reach any of those stages, but I recognized. Fact is, I'll be, be clear to you this morning is when I said I wanted to retire, that's where I was at. But that's where I was at. That's not where I am at. That hard heart is when nothing current is growing. And what you want is just the old ways and the old patterns and, you know, nothing positive about the future. A calcified heart, there's no penetration. And then comes that heart that's checked out. When you're present in the room, but you're emotionally absent.
You go through life, you work, you pay bills, you say thank you, but inside, you're numb. You're numb. The world is going to hell in the handbasket, so what? I believe there is a, a, I don't know if it's a movie or a series called The Walking Dead. I've never seen it. I've just seen it advertised, you know. <laughs> it's one thing about it, you know what I mean? That this is none other than just James's words, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. It's, it's good for me. Maybe have a ring in your your heart. But God is a reviver. God revives our hearts and, and, and we gotta cultivate, you know, healthy hearts. Our spiritual life and our natural life depends upon it. Bring us back to consciousness. Restart the heart. Give us new health and strength and spirit and restore us to use, to renew our mind. Now you're here this morning and this is not for you, but for those that will hear it, that it might fit. It, everything doesn't always fit everybody, okay? But the first thing that Hezekiah did when he began to revive Judah from, you know what I mean, their spiritual idolatry was he went to church. Yeah. He opened the temple doors that had been shut. And then he began to take out all the debris that was collected over the years from it being shut. How many know that if you don't dust your house, you don't need a sandstorm the dust will just start to settle and it will accumulate. Yeah. What he was saying, he's saying, you've got to get God back at the center of your life. He's saying, you need to remove what doesn't belong there. Maybe. 
So we've got to check our pulse. Check your pulse. You know, it says in Revelations that they hadn't lost all their love. They had just lost their first love. We need to prime the joy pump. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. I began to think of all the reasons why I should be joyful. And I start with number one because God's word said so. That was the first thing in like in putting it in gear. Taking it out of neutral. God says. Grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. Stop being grumpy. You prime the pump. And then you also make room for other people's faults. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has to complain against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. I don't have anything against you. It's not that it doesn't come up. Yeah. But I choose. I am not going to have anything against you. I'm going to bear up. What's that mean? It's this. If you bear something up, you lift it up. And by the way, we're all repeat offenders, so... <laughs> right? We're all up repeat offenders. But just as God in Christ forgave you. You know, when he was talking to me, he wasn't, you know, how can I put it? He was trying to help me. You got to train your thought life. Philippians 4 and 8, if anything, is true and noble and just, pure, lovely, good report. Any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It says, you know what? Rather than thinking about Gordy's faults, <laughs> why don't you think about all the good? You understand what I'm saying? I'm not. I didn't. I chose him because he didn't have any. <laughs> See, so so I'm. <laughs> huh? But that's what he's saying. 
think about the good. You know what I mean? Why don't you talk about the good that, you know, they do? Why don't you exalt the value of them? Train your thought life. And you got to have a word diet, church. The thing that keeps me is the word. The word says don't do, and so I, you know, don't do. And the Holy Spirit's happy about that. The word says do, and so I do. It's time to get our hearts burning. When Jesus was talking to those men on the road to Emmaus, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Their needs, and we pray for that connection. From reading the word, hearing the word, you know, whether it's in this house, whether it's in your house, or whether it's on the airwaves, the word should produce, you know what I mean? A, 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 a fire. I'll ask my musicians to come this morning because I need it. I'm not down, but I am being healed. Ultimately, it's our heart. I complain because my heart has a complaining city in it or a room in it. And the door opened. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does he say there? What does he mean? Well, let me give you some suggestions. Number one, he means that you'll be admitted into his presence. Psalms 24, 3 and 4. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? They that have clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, hallelujah. There is more presence of God that's available to us. The song that we sang, it also is, we become awestruck by his glory. And we become comforted by his grace, according to the Psalms 24. Jesus said this, 
He said, it's not enough to clean up the outside. You got to clean up the inside. You remember his teaching? You whited sepulchers. <laughs> Not you. Pharisees. He said you make everything clean on the outside, but inside you're, you know, you're full of dead men's bones. So don't let there be any falsehoods. No falsehoods. Someone has said, you know, you cannot prevent a, fir a bird from flying overhead, but you can sure prevent him from nesting in your hair. It's going to come. Amen. Would you say not today? It's not simply reform, but it's transform that Jesus came to bring. You see, Jesus didn't come into the world simply because we have some bad habits that need to be, you know, broken. He came because we have such a dirty heart. It needs to be purified. We can create a healthy environment for our heart. Didn't Proverbs say, guard your heart. Guard it. You can create a healthy environment for your heart. Guard it by what you talk about what you think about, what you read about, what you see, what you listen, and what you participate in. I am the God that healeth thee. He always starts with the heart. You see the ten lepers all got blessing. But only one of them's heart was touched.
change my heart, God. Change my heart, oh God. Hallelujah. There may be things that you have to let go. things that you cannot change. Circumstances, you know what I mean? You are not going to change them. But you do have control of how it affects you on the inside. You do. Choose you this day. And then to get God really at work on your heart and in your heart, He says, You need a contract, you need a humble heart. You need a heart that acknowledges. I want to die. Not now. I want to die. No. I want to live with a pure heart. That's what I want. I noticed was that when I was young in my journey didn't have a lot of things in it I didn't have near as many issues affecting my heart but the journey had making inroads Children used to sing, input, output, what goes in must come out. And that's, folks, is the word of God. If you don't put it in, it can't come out. If you overload it, the dam will break. ever a reflection of a man I'm not talking about Jesus now but a man with a pure heart is the Apostle Paul when you read his journey I've been stoned a 
been in prison. I've been boatless on the seas of hope. I've been rejected. We want to have 